back off. This is FPL, and I'm your host, Tore Haugenbakke, a.k.a. Bakke Lynches. Good evening. The season is over, and it ended with a green arrow. In the end, I sold Bruno for money, Coleman for Dallas, and Jota for Rafinha. The plan all week was to captain Mané. What did I do? 15 minutes before the deadline, a voice said, Salah, golden boot. So, of course, I changed. <laughs> and I had to pay the consequences. I uh, lost my mini-league at work. But then, if I had uh, captain Mané instead, I would have lost with one freaking point. So, I would have lost anyway. So, it doesn't really mean anything. If I would win with one point, oh my god, I would be so depressed right now. <laughs> Last game week I got uh, 69 points. That's Mendy, 1. Phillips, 6. Holding, 7. Dallas, 2. Salah, 12. As my captain, Mane, 16. Son, 5. Rafinha, 5. Lingard, 3. Antonio, 2. And Kane, 10. And on the bench I had Forster with none. Calvert-Lewin with two, Shaw with none, and Cody with one. And that means, in the end, my overall rank is 93,960. So, at least it's top 100. It's been a very weird season, and uh, I'm really okay with the end result. Now, we got a mini-league that's called Back Off, this is FPL. And the winner is Henrik Matson with the team Lanista Primus. And he won with the smallest margin ever. Because both he and number two, Sveinung Sjörsäter, with jolly good bowlers, had 25-29 total points. And how did uh, Henrik win them? Sveinung had the total transfers of the entire season 47. While uh, Henrik, he had only 43. So he basically won because he didn't do that many transfers. And I feel... Really sorry for Sveinung, so uh, I have decided to give them both a prize. Sveinung, I already know a little bit from uh, Twitter, so he will have a prize coming in the mail. But uh, Henrik Matson, I don't know uh, who you are, <laughs> or at least not your Twitter handle. So if you're listening to this, or anyone knows him, let him contact me on Twitter, and I will get you a decent prize. Anyway, congratulations. You're both in the top 3,000. That's freaking awesome. And the bronze medal, and no prize at all, goes to Kasper Donau with Crooked Kickers. Now, thinking back on this season, I think that maybe I've been too clever at the start and ending up with a very poor start. Who cost me? Next season, I need to put a team that can deliver from the start with trusted assets and keep them for two to four weeks at least. That's fine-tuning a squad with the ability to bang from the start. Now, this year I had double Southampton, both Werner and Havertz. And that... <sighs> the poor start triggered the early wildcard, who didn't work right away, but slowly took me up in the ranks. In game week 8 I started to deliver. At that time I was doing hits to correct mistakes, and shooting up the ranks, but that's a lot of points already lost. The good thing I learned was that even in a poor position, I know how to rectify things and grind out the results. So what can I learn from this season? 
hits. Last year, when I ended 24, I had one hit in the entire season. But I saw other players doing a lot of hits. So this year I've taken way too many hits, but most of the time they had really paid off. So maybe hits aren't that dangerous, if they are of course used correctly. So next year I will of course try to avoid them, but if my team looks better for the next 4-5 to five weeks using a hit, well, I'm open to using it. Another tip is uh, to focus on the decision process rather than the outcome. Because looking at last season, I don't think I have made that many mistakes. Because all the data available would say, go with player A. Then I went with player A, and player B smashed it. All season long. The lesson here are to keep calm and accept it. Don't do anything rash that could end bad. Because the decision process was correct. The outcome wasn't. And continuing with that means that in the end, it will pay off. Now, last year I had a lot of luck. Whatever I did, they smashed it. Now, this year, the same decisions went very badly and cost me. But then, next season, maybe the luck is back. I will try to play the same way as before. Now, next season, I want to be patient. I want to be more boring. I want to be more computing. But when an enabler that is cheap, like Lingard, Willock, starts to look good, I want to jump on them as soon as possible. Then when they stop producing, change them out as soon as possible. There's a lot of points to be gained by doing that. And they are cheap, so the risk ain't that big. I was way too late with Lingard, I was way too late with Gundogan, and when I got them, at least Lingard, he stopped delivering. I also didn't jump on James Justin, which was a mistake, and I never even had Watkins. On the other hand, I sold Grealish and Son way too late. Maybe I need to be more ruthless next season. Salah and Kane and other super premium players, you know sooner or later they will be delivering. So maybe next season I will pick my super premiums and let them stay forever while focusing my transfers on the Bamfords, the Antonios, the Lingards and the Willocks of the game when they got decent fixtures and decent form. Now, a rule I had before was never start the season with a player that isn't tested in the league. Like Timo Werner. But I was so sure he was gonna be good. And he wasn't. So maybe I have to learn from that. Rather, get a cheap Norwich Brentford player that can be benched if he doesn't deliver. A cheap player. Maybe one, max two. And not an entire squad. Like me. <laughs> now thinking back on it, I don't know what I was doing. So next season, maybe I'll start with 10 tested and tried players. And then take a risk on maybe the third striker. Like uh, Tony from Brentford. Or whatever his name is. It's gonna be fun to listen back to this episode when I sit there with... Uh, Three Norwich, three Brentford, and a couple of Watford players in uh, game week one. <laughs> so, and uh, Twitter and pod noise. After every week, next season, I will write down my transfer ID on a piece of paper and leave it for later in the week. Then, when I'm doing the transfer, after hearing all the pods and engaging on Twitter, see if the transfer I'm about to make have changed from the original plan. And if it has... Why has it changed? 
One season, I listened to 10 pods a week and read all I could on Twitter. That's too much. My brain was fried. Last season, I think I listened to 3 pods in a total over the season. That's maybe too little. But I wanted to, uh, my own pod to be my own ideas and not others. So uh, I heard the say, the curse of the pod, which means pod creators have bad seasons because they focus on so much that their own team gets worse. It gets more template and more general. It's not unique anymore. Before this season and before I opened Twitter, my team didn't have Trent. I was 100% sure that Liverpool would have a poor start, because champions often do. Now, Twitter static said I was an idiot for not having Trent, and in the end I listened to the pressure and took him in. Now if I didn't, I would have a much better start and could fight for a better rank. So next year I will try to trust myself more. And also, have one to two different pods a week to get fresh mindset to to balance my minds out a little bit but not to let them influence me too much but how do we get that balance right that's that's freaking impossible but i have to try now captains i got 574 points which is much better than last year but it could be better so how do we pick the right ones i don't know that's the question for next season, but again, it's a decent result. And now, questions! JR is asking what lessons did you learn? Well, that uh, players can change. Gundogan, a defensive midfielder who's extremely injury prone, certainly became Kevin De Bruyne. Lingard, who never did anything in his life, unless dance, <laughs> really suddenly had a burst of fantastic form. Joe Willock, he clicked right away with Newcastle. And when Werner and Havertz, which I was so sure was going to smash it, they didn't deliver at all. So maybe we should wait and see with new players to the league. The next one is from FPL Booster. Effective ownership, is it a thing? Well, I hate that word, but yeah, it's a thing. This is the first season I checked live rank during the games. And well, next year I won't do that. Because before the game you find a tweet of effective ownership. And everyone is captaining Bruno. And you, of course, doesn't. And when he scores, you can't celebrate because it's a red arrow. And in a typical template season, like this one, effective ownership is worth considering. Just wish it didn't exist because it takes something off the game when everyone has the same team. But on the other hand, it learns us, as players, how the game works when everyone owns basically the same team. So it has, so it could be used as an eye-opener, really, to how the game works. Also, when you see that everyone and their dogs are captaining Bruno, maybe you should go with one that no one owns at all and captain him, because then you will skyrocket up the rank, or fall like a stone if Bruno scores. <laughs> now, the next one is from Clickbait, the biggest regret of the season. And that's not dropping Trent in game week one, and always trusting Aubameyang. And I was way late on several players like Gundo, Lingard, Bamford. I was firm, stubborn and thought they were garbage and that they can't continue like that. While on the other hand I never seemed to sell Grealish even with an injury because he could come good and he had more games than the others left. 
<laughs> so th there's some deep levels to this shit. But uh, the chips, yeah, apply them, okay? I should not start with double Southampton defense, though. That's. <laughs> but for next season, I think Pepe could have a very good season. Same with Tierney. Then I'm super excited to see if we can find something cheap from Norwich and Brentford and see if they actually deliver. I know that Tony guy from Brentford could be low priced and he looks good. The question here are, should we jump on him from the start and be ahead of the curve because he can smash it? But he may also not take the next level and be awful. So it's, it's not easy. Hopefully Kane goes to City so we can all out to captain him. <laughs> Clickbait is also asking if Leeds will finish above Arsenal and if I enjoyed during the pod. And if I should, Leeds will not finish above Arsenal, even if I love Leeds as a club, their fan base, and they got the most awesome manager in the history of managers. Now, Arteta is gonna fix it, I just know it. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed creating the pod, but it takes time, even if it's short. It's uh, been difficult with uh, family life and... <laughs> I know we got a puppy and he no sleep and he barks all the time. I don't know what to do really. So uh, I had big plans and I feel I haven't done the pod well enough. So I over the summer I have to think about it if I will continue or not. So hopefully I will do it. And the last question this time is from Yaktan. Five tips to win FPL. Well, I have number one. It's be calculating. Trust your own decisions and don't be afraid to be a little bit bored. Taking in boring players that never really scores a hat-trick but always gives you 5 points is often smart, at least if they're cheap. Number 2 is uh, be patient, don't panic, it's a long season and you put in those players for a reason. 3. Don't overmanage or overcomplicate things. A well-balanced plan are often the best way of playing. Don't go Cavani to Vordi and back to Cavani, because first of all, Cavani will score the week you don't have him, and it's two transfers saved, which could be gold. I even did this myself, you know, and it's fucking wrong. Punts are better for the last game weeks of the season, and of course, a captain punt during the season, that's okay. And number four, don't be stubborn. Again, I did this. I don't know. I went in all my traps, really. <laughs> With Gundogan, Lingard, Grealish, as I said earlier. Have an open mind and drop the feelings sometime and try to be a computer. It's a weird way of thinking, but it, uh, it helps and it works. And number five. You also need to go against the flow in some decisions for the season. And need a lot of luck. But it can be done. The best tip is, and the essence of the game is still, pick a balanced team which you think will score you points. If you think Salah will score most goals this game week, then cap Salah. Don't give a damn about everyone else. The easiest way to play this game bad is to listen to everyone else. If everyone had the same team and you listen to them, well, you can't win. It's impossible. You may get a decent rank, but you won't win. If you think Mane will score, and everyone got Salah, don't be like me, the last 5 minutes before the deadline. Go with your gut, trust yourself, and fuck all the Twitter noise. Twitter is for finding out some tips, becoming better, strategies, players, but do your own decisions. 
if a guy has charts that's awesome and it tells you to captain Daniel James, well, laugh it off and captain Salah versus Brentford instead. So think about the process of your transfers and not the outcome. If every data and gut feel tell you Aubameyang will score and in the last hour he falls down the stairs and Nketiah scores five goals, well, it's not your fault. The idea was correct, the outcome was not. So continue like that, eventually it will even itself out. So have a great summer and I will hopefully be back in August.